hashtag never alone with joe and mark hi everyone and welcome to hashtag never alone episode 17 i'm your host joe ambridge and i'm co-host and psychotherapist and relationship counselor mark fielding um, today's topic is insomnia. Um, insomnia is the inability to fall asleep or stay asleep at night, resulting in, un in unrefreshing or non-restorative sleep. And it's very a very common problem, one that takes toll on your energy, mood and ability to function during the day. Um, chronic, chronic insomnia can even contribute to serious health problems. Um, and most Australians experience some insomnia at some point in their lives about one in 10 people have at least mild insomnia at any given time. And if you have, you have insomnia, if you regularly find it hard to go to sleep, wake up several times during the night, lie awake at night, wake up early and not find you can't go back to sleep, uh, still feel very tired after waking up, find it hard to nap during the day, even though you're really tired, and also finding it difficult to concentrate during the day because you're tired. It takes many forms in some Yeah, <laughs> I think I definitely suffer from some of it. Um, what's the difference between insomnia and in sleep apnea? Is it quite similar or are they different things? My understanding is sleep apnea is caused by often kind of, you know, physiological maybe oh, symptoms, okay. as, as far as I know. Yeah. Okay. Um, insomnia, I think, is more psychological. Um, and we are lucky enough to be joined by uh, a guest today who's going to share their story about living with insomnia. Um, I'd like to introduce um, Sophie, is it Sophie Abel? Yes. Um, welcome, Sophie, to the episode. Thanks for joining us and thank you for thank you. Um, agreeing to come on and share your story with us. Um, just to give us a little insight into your mental health journey and your lived experience with insomnia, please. Um. It's been a long one. Um, I got diagnosed with insomnia in 2009. Um, and so it's been, yeah, an incredibly long journey, um, especially when there's others sort of, um, like you mentioned, like there's with insomnia, there's so many other things that sort of encompass it because of the lack of sleep and the lack of being able to just, you know, concentrate and like even send you know just simple things just you know it's really difficult really difficult but um I've managed to sort of understand the triggers and sort of um the treatments that they sort of put you on at the beginning are really difficult um because they sort of just throw sleeping tablets at you um which obviously are just real <laughs> I found really really negative um and I sort of looked for a more holistic approach, I guess. But um, it has been difficult. It, it interrupts a lot of your life, a lot of it, um, without you even sort of really knowing about it. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I was just going to jump in and say, you know, Joe and I, you know, I hope Joe doesn't mind me saying this, but we've both got kind of personal experience, really, of, of having, you know, had, had episodes of insomnia. So, yeah, just to... We both understand, I think, what, you know, what it's like, how debilitating it can be. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, physically and mentally, you know, and I, and I know that we talk about, like, as a mental um, health issue, but, you know, the physical um, problems that are associated with it are 
make a huge impact on your life, you know, and how you can actually get on with life, you know, if you can hold a full-time job or, you know, work down and all that sort of stuff, you know, family and all of life as well thrown in. So it's um it's very difficult. And it's very lonely sometimes, you know, there's not a lot of people sort of um there's still a lot of so much stigma around any sort of mental health. And so and people don't really understand insomnia, you know, it's like they just sort of think that it's just oh you can't sleep for a night, you know, but it's so much more than that. Sort of yeah takes over your life. Do other people generally tend to understand or not understand, do you think? I would say most don't understand. Mm. I think they try, but it's hard to unless you actually sort of experience um, or know someone going through that experience. But um, I guess that comes back to like um, that empathic sort of um, feelings that humans seem to not feel so much anymore towards other people. Um, and it's sort of put aside as, uh, like, it's not that big of a deal, but there's a reason why insomnia happens, you know, it's generally a traumatic experience, like it was my case. Um, so there's always something that is bigger behind it. Yeah. And I think whether it's because they don't want to know about it or uncomfortable, lots of different reasons, but I, I, most, you know, most people are really good about it, but it's, yeah, it's very rare that they'll sort of go and research it and look into it and, you yeah. know, to be able to have converse with someone. So, yeah, yeah, you, you, it is a sort of lonely sort of path, definitely. And, and often, you know, I mean, personal experience, you know, but often people's point of reference is, you know, maybe the one night they laid awake for a couple of hours, you know, and they, mm. but of course insomnia, you know, is, is not that, is it? Insomnia is, you know, being awake for one night, two nights, three nights, yeah. you know, and then I don't think people that have not experienced it really understand how difficult it is to function in your own life without sleep, really. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, some people don't need that eight hours or, you know, mm. six hours or whatever, but um, it's when you just want just a couple of hours of, you know, sleep. Um, mm. And then you go in, like, what happens with insomnia with me? Because I have um, night terrors as well. Um, and so that is really debilitating in itself. And so generally, like with insomnia, there will be some other sort of co-occurring mental health issue with it that most people don't even know that they've got. Mm. so it's yeah it's I, i'm glad that you know it's sort of been spoken about and, and that mental health is being spoken about in general because it is it's yeah and it, it's true what you say you know it, it can be i mean people can experience insomnia for lots and lots of different really individual reasons like you mentioned trauma yeah you know it can be the result of trauma it can be the result of you know someone might be depressed and, and it can be, you know, the result of depression. It can come in for a lot, you know, anxiety is another one. Uh, the causes can be so many and linking to, you know, different kind of mental health things that the person might have going on. So it's pretty complex, isn't it? Absolutely. It really yeah. is. Um, and it sort of led me down the path to, um, I went back at the age of 35 to study mental health, um, to sort of understand my own sort of, you know, journey, but understand it in general so I could, you know, sort of help other people. But 
it's um, been very difficult, you know, as well, sort of doing that nighttime study is sort of a no-go because I always end up sort of, you know, having to even proofreading it three times and I've, I hate making the spelling mistake or something, so, really so I don't do that anymore. But um, it's, it's just a really, it's like a shadow that sort of just hangs over you. You know, because you're so desperate for just sleep and normality. Mm. And you sort of like sort of keep reaching for it and you might get a night's sleep and you might even get like a consecutive two nights sleep and think, oh, thank goodness. And then all of a sudden, you know, devil's back and you're wide awake. <laughs> Back to normality. <laughs> yeah, yes. I, I found that, like my, my doctors, I changed doctors not, recently, not that long ago and they've got, a whole like sleep apnea and insomnia clinic thing there and I spoke to the doctors about having it because I think a lot of mine stems obviously from anxiety and also um mm. side effects from medication as well and I've been on sleeping tablets before and they just didn't work I have no trouble getting to sleep it's staying asleep I wake up and then my mind's so active I have pretty much probably have a dream every night and then I wake up and I go back to sleep and I dream again um, and they same thing with the doctors that I'm at now they just say I'll oh, take sleeping tablets and mm. it doesn't have an impact really like I'm having no trouble going to sleep it's staying asleep I wake up because I have active really active mind and I mean I'm not too bad now that I've been on the sleeping tablets like before I was just struggling to get through the day because I was so tired where I hadn't slept um now it's not too bad I get tired near the evening which is kind of good because it means I get to go to sleep quite quickly but it's just staying asleep and then also I have dogs as well so they wake you up to go to the bathroom <laughs> it's like never ending cycle and it's just like really hard a hard thing to deal with like it's probably worse than it has been before like a few years ago I've had night terrors here and they're like after my grandma died I had a night terror um, when I got back from my first holiday with my friends out of the night terror where I pretty much nearly slept, walked, uh, sleepwalked out of the house. If it hadn't been for jangling keys, I probably would have walked out into the into the street um, and woke up and I was literally nearly screaming the house down because I would, had no idea where I was. Um, but as you, like you said, it's really, really can affect your daily life as well. Um, what sort of like holistic methods have you used to kind of help with the insomnia? Um, after getting off the sleeping medication, um, which I was on three tablets a night of the Mogadons and Tamazepans, um, it took a long time to sort of purge that, you know, all that stuff out of my system. Um, thankfully, my sister is really good with holistic sort of um, potions and things. Um, I, I used a lot of um, breathing techniques, a lot of just mindfulness. Um, and I think it's a lot of just retraining the brain as mm. well. If you can be aware of like what the triggers are and where you're sort of at with it, um, because it is a really, you know, it's quite a journey that everyone sort of goes on, like yourself, you know, with the safe meds and all that sort of stuff. So holistically, it's just sort of, bring it down, like make, even making sure that I'm drinking lots of water. So, you know, even I've tried chamomile tea and all that sort of stuff and little things work for a short period of time, but unfortunately there's not a really sort of um, 
long-lasting sort of treatment other than really being sort of like self-aware of it and dealing with it as best you can like I'll go up you know I'll get up and go for a walk and just fresh air outside even um to clear the mind because lying in bed tossing around it's just the worst so I just try and just bring myself like center yourself that makes sense because yeah. I it, I um because like through insomnia, I have um, sleep paralysis. So part of my brain is sort of like really nervous to go to sleep in case I wake up with it. And so like going back to holistic, there's so many different, you know, even like um, I've tried dandelion tea, I've tried <laughs> so many different things, but it works more effectively and I guess it's kinder on your body than the um, medicinal, you know, pharmaceutical medication anyway um, for me. But really I think it's just, you've just got to, you kind of have to accept it. Yeah. Um, and I know that's something that you shouldn't have to do with any sort of mental illness, but um, I've learned to sort of go, okay, this is what I've got and not get really anxious and concerned about it because otherwise it takes so much of your life up anyway mm. that you can, you, you sort of like just think about it over and over and over again. And those reoccurring thoughts will be there the next day. And then you can't think properly at all. Mm. And so I'm going back to like holistic, I found it sort of like the only way, like really breathing and, and just being mindful. It's yeah. like, you know, there's not a lot sort of, but I found like, to sort of really treat it permanently or even on like a, a basis of like, you know, maybe getting a month or two sort of, you know, away from it. Yeah. Definitely like a vicious cycle. Like you get the insomnia and then you're thinking about, oh, I'm going to be knackered tomorrow and then that's going to that stress you out more. I would definitely find that. And especially when I have to get up, like, oh, I'm not working at the moment because of COVID. And when I was working, mm -hmm. If I had to get up the next day and I didn't sleep on thing, oh, I'm so tired tomorrow, then that's going to make my mind more active thinking about that sort of thing. Um, and I find it really interesting, like you, you talking about holistic methods. I've tried so many different things myself. I've tried putting relaxing music on at night, putting like headphones on. I bought an eye mask that has like Bluetooth, so you play music and it kind of shuts out the light and also plays music while you're sleeping. Um, but I'll end up being really uncomfortable because the speakers are right where your ears are, so you can't lie inside. <laughs> um, and then I've tried so many different other things. Like there's a thing where you, you lie and you close your eyes and you keep telling yourself, oh, I'm going to sleep, I'm going to sleep, and you just focus on what you're saying. Mm. So it's late. And it worked a few times, but there's, as you said, there's no consistent thing where it works every time and you, it's a long-term solution. And I really it's like... So, so I was, I was just, it's almost like, 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 you know, those lazy Susans, you know, you've heard of, it's like one of those and you, it's just full of things that you just got to keep just revolving. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really like what you said about the, the acceptance. I mean, I guess people that have not experienced this only would find that difficult to understand. But I don't know. I guess if you accept it, 
it takes away some of the sleep anxiety. I mean, like what Joe was talking about, I mean, that is often the case, isn't it? You know, you, you don't sleep, you're not worrying about it, which stops you. So I guess if you just accept it, then it kind of takes a little bit of the sleep anxiety away. And I think also the mindfulness as well. I mean, maybe that's also part of it, you're trying to calm your mind down. And and I, I wanted to ask you a bit, Sophie, just as much as you're happy to talk about, what, what was it like coming off the coming off the meds, the, the sleeping meds? I mean, that, that must have been the journey, I would imagine. Yeah, it was hard. One. Yeah, absolutely. I was on them for about five years. Mm. Um, and it had a really, really bad impact. And it, like, it, you'd sort of get like two, three hours solid sleep in a really heavy sleep and then you'd be wide awake and then that was it. And so by three o'clock in the morning, I'd be wide awake again and I'm still taking them every night. And then I thought it was just, it was having such a bad impact on me because, you know, the problem with any sort of medication or any sort of drug is that, you know, you've, it's always got that sort of half-life effect where in the morning, you know, you might feel great and then all of a sudden it, you just crash down again. But like Joe was saying, with the activity going on in mind, it's really hard to shut that down. So it's taken me a long time to sort of get all that medication off and not feel that I need to actually have it, um, because that's you sort of get stuck on it. Even you know it's not working, but you're sort of like desperate. You're so desperate that you sort of like just you're hoping that okay, maybe tonight it will work, knowing that it's not. You know, so. It's taken me a long time to to sort of accept that, okay, this is the part of my life and that's not working for me. So I have to find something else that I can work with, with it. And medication is hard coming off. And they don't tell you that when they give it to you. Though. Like they're so happy to, but it's very I've, I've found it very uncommon for the, a doctor to really sort of sit down and go through all the benefits and pros and cons. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of the time I've been sort of, you're so tired or you're afraid or nervous, you don't ask. Um, and so it takes a lot of time being on them before you realise, you know, and you look further into them and you realise, hang on a minute, one of the side effects is actually not, like not sleeping. Um, and you're thinking this is just crazy. And then your thought button patterns get stuck on that. And yeah. so, it's, yeah, it's like this, it encompasses so much of um, so many different areas. You know, like Joe was saying, like with depression, and you were saying with depression, um, depression can either make you sleep a lot or yeah. it can make you the opposite way. And um, yeah. unfortunately, I went, you know, the opposite. Well, unfortunately, I mean, it's all bad, but. Um, yeah, it's just that, and it's just hard for everyone else in my family um, to see. I've got a seven-year-old son, so he sort of sees me sort of, you know, um, quite manic at times because of lack of sleep. Um, I was manic coming off the medication. It was really difficult, up, down, up, down. I didn't know where I was. Um, and it was, I just felt so just, I didn't even know who I was. You know, I'm thinking, who? who? Who am I? <laughs> yeah. And you have to find yourself, you know, like on any journey. Yeah. And it's still a journey that I'm on. So, and that's part of that acceptance. Is that, okay, that's not working, the medication, that's not working, that, and just accepting that 
that this that that's what it is and finding out what else is attributed to it as well um mm. so you know i that i had um mental health issues prior um to insomnia um i had depression and anxiety so when the insomnia came into my life that depression anxiety didn't just disappear for the insomnia you know it sort of yeah. stays there as well so the medication you want for depression which is really full on as well um and then the medication for sleeping and your body is just tortured mm. i don't know how to it was very similar with me. Like my anxiety and depression is not as bad, but the insomnia is kind of taking that over. And the medication on one is supposed to help you sleep, but it does. Mm. I feel like it does the opposite. It helps me get to sleep, and then it makes me my mind just go 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 go. And the amount of things, as I said before, the amount of things I've tried, like the things that I've read, like don't have a TV in your room. So or don't if you do have a TV in your room, don't sit in your bed because then you you associate your bed with active things and if you can't sleep come walk don't force yourself kind of take yourself away from it and then come yeah. back when you're tired um but it's just so hard thing the hard things to do that you've got to, to constantly do and um since i've been with my partner my partner sleeps with the tv on and i've got so used to that now i find it so hard to sleep without the tv on but then obviously it's got my it keeps my mind active because in my head my brain's listening to the tv yeah, and I think it's it's, it, it, it's so common when it's so you know, I mean the 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 story that you tell, Sophie. You know, I think you know anyone that's ever suffered from insomnia is going to really understand. You know, people that suffer from insomnia try everything yeah. because it is so debilitating. You know, from you know lavender on the pillow to medication to yeah. you know, and because the, the desperation comes, and you know people you know with chronic insomnia will try anything really to get yeah. you know to get a good night's sleep. I mean, it really is. Yeah, I mean, I just can't really kind of overstress how debilitating I think it is for people. You know, it, it's a really, really difficult thing to manage, really. It really yeah. is, you know, and uh, even with work, you know, and um, and study, you know, it's just it's it's just difficult to sort of get everything. Like motivation is a really hard sort of yeah really difficult for me. I, I really struggle with getting any motivation. I've got enthusiasm. But then when I go to do something, it's just like it disappears, <laughs> just like runs away yeah. on me. And the like when you were saying, Joe, about getting out of bed, it's like there's nothing you know that you need you to to get out of that mindset and have a walk. But and then you know that you're not sleeping and you're just rolling around uncomfortably, but you still don't want to get out of bed yeah, because you're so desperate, <laughs> you know. But you it's just it's fruitless staying there as well. And it definitely There's needs no to be a long term. It needs to be a long term solution. Like I've, for my birthday, I got like a voucher thing to go and do one of those pod things where you lie in the water and you float in the salt water and the pod closes. Yeah. And I did that, and I was honestly most of my like aches and stuff in my body gone, and it's probably mm -hmm. the most relaxing, stress free I've felt for a while. And I like. I heard other people would use it, like my sister and I had been and had it and I'm really good night's sleep. And even then I still struggled to sleep. And I thought, like, oh, I'm tired. When my body's been floating in the water and you have that pressure on your body that gets rid of the aches and pains and it's supposed to help sleep. And even then I still struggle to sleep. <laughs> Do you get the restless legs as well? 
Um, I think my mine's more like a, an active mind. So mm. I start thinking about things, even if I'm not dreaming. I'm thinking about stuff like stuff stays in my mind from the date that date that I go to sleep, or stuff for the next day. Some little yeah. tiny little things that I don't need to worry about, but it still stays in my head, and then I still and then I'm struggling to sleep, or I have a dream that's in relation to something that's going on in my head. And then I wake up from that and then I go to sleep and have another dream and then that wakes me up. Yeah. It's very obsessive as well because I've, I've, I've got OCD, which doesn't help as well. But um, it is quite obsessive, insomnia, um, mm. in the way that you sort of like, um, the way that you sort of go into look at it and the treatments and the, the brain activity is really an interesting one because mm. they gave me a tablet very early on to stop me thinking <laughs> hmm. um and but it's it made me feel like it, sort of like it just dumbed me down you know like I couldn't think at all um and there was no rational thought process going on or anything so and that's why I had to sort of accept and change and work on the fact that okay anything that I can do now what can I do now and what can't I do now? And if I can't do it right now, then I, I just have to make a conscious effort to really dispel those thoughts out of my mind mm. because they're going to come back the next day and the next day because recurring thoughts do, you know, and negative recurring thoughts do. Um, and so I've been looking into a lot for um, how to retrain the, you know, the subconscious part of my brain. Um, to not have to worry about all those things I've got no control over. Mm. And especially now more than ever with so much information and so much going on, it's even worse, you know, it's because it's as hard as, you know, you try to stop thinking about something, it's you're hearing it from so many different places and you, mm. it's just, it, yeah, it's, it's, I find this, sort of like really difficult for any sort of um this situ you know this world sort of environment is not healthy and add that to an active <laughs> insomniac mind um and it's a nightmare it's mm. yeah I get, it's, I get the sense you've got really you know this, this is you know this is not always the case i think with people that have insomnia but i think sometimes it is the case sometimes people just naturally have really really busy minds and that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, these people can be really creative. And But I, I guess when going to sleep, when the mind won't turn off, then, you know, that's the shadow side of it, isn't it? I get the sense maybe that's true of you, Sophie, a bit. Your mind's quite busy, quite creative. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, at the moment, it's really busy with trying to sort of discern um, where I am at in this sort of, like, world. And um, because there's so many... Uh, sort of divisions going on at the moment um, and it's hard to sort of I'm, I'm very hard to be offensive to this sort of person so that's sort of taking up a lot of my thoughts at the moment um, and particularly when I go to sleep because I've never been someone that sort of head hits a pillow and I sleep my if when I've had partners like that I just want to just punch them oh, yeah. <laughs> they're like no how can you just sleep like that no this is cruel you just sort of look at them snoring away and you just think it's cool 
but uh, yeah, it's it's um it's a really really tough journey. So it's really nice to talk to other people that sort of understand it. It really is because it's with everything going on at the moment. Like I said, there's you need more than ever someone to sort of talk to about any any sort of issue that you're having. Yeah. Um, but particularly in some, because it does encompass so many other mental health issues, you know, like it's not just the insomnia. Yeah. That's, you know, there's so much more than that. And that's what people don't get. I think that's what they, they, they just don't quite understand that it's not just the sleeping. Yeah. That it is it's actually dangerous, you know. Yeah. Um, I've had to stop so many different um jobs because I was forklift driving or and I, I I just couldn't do it. Yeah. I'd be so tired. Yeah. Well what, what kind of help have you had from kind of mental health professionals, doctors? I don't know whether you've ever have you ever had therapy for it. I have. I've yeah. um I sort of stopped about five years ago um, because it just wasn't working for me. I've been to psychologists, counsellors, doctors, you know, um, and been referred to all sorts of things and none of it was working and it was actually getting me sort of more depressed. So I had to take myself out of that and just focus on, okay, what can I do yeah. instead of what other people can do because you, you because as we've said you know in desperation you try anything yeah. um and everyone's you know giving you this and this try this try this and you you know you give it a go doesn't work and again that's where the acceptance for me comes in because i you just have to step away from it because otherwise it, it really takes over your mind and with all other stuff going in you know and all the thoughts it's just something that you just don't need you know <laughs> yeah, yeah so i'm just really conscious of who's around me and mm. where i want to be mm. i can't do anything about the insomnia at the moment like you know like only what i'm doing um there's no long-term treatment as you know we've sort of spoken about so you just got to deal with it the best you can and make sure that you have people in your life that if even if they don't have the experience they at least understand you you yeah. know because I've had I'm so sick of I think the thing that upsets me the most is like people sort of laugh it off as if it's a joke yeah. um when it's actually really quite serious and it doesn't matter how many times or how like you try and sort of explain your case to them and that you're just not getting anything back because they just don't want to sort of believe that it can happen. Yeah. And I find that incredibly infuriating. <laughs> so I just, that's why, like I said, I've just got to be really careful, like, who I have in my yeah. life so I can at least eliminate some of the thoughts that were coming into my head yeah. around people like that. Because yeah. it, it consumes you in so many different ways, you know. Yeah. And the, and the lack of understanding, you know, unfortunately, you know, I think I think that's really common, isn't it? You know, you have to find other. Yeah, I guess you know, someone that has not got to experience it themselves to understand. However, I think that really, really helps if someone has experienced it. 
you know, but often I think people just don't understand. They just think, well, you just get over it. Just like, yeah. you know, people have a really, really, they don't really connect with just how it affects your life. They think, oh, you, you just stay awake for a couple of hours and you get up and leave. It's not like that at all, which is frustrating, I think, for sufferers. And it's quite a blasé sort of um, reaction that people have, you know. Yeah. And it's and it makes you feel, it's sort of like, it makes me feel like a less of a person in some ways because I like, and then I think to myself, why am I trying to explain myself to someone that obviously doesn't get it, but you're still trying to anyway. Um, and I think that's probably a lot with any sort of mental illness where people just yeah don't want to. They don't want to, it's like they don't want to know. So, or if they don't believe it, it's not true. If it hasn't happened to them, it can't be, you know, can't happen. Um, and I think until that sort of mentality changes or you get yourself out of those situations where that happens, then it's going to be more of a depression mm. and more of a depressive sort of, it, 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 I, I've definitely found that. And more now than ever, um, I, we have to just sort of like that self, go, go back to that self-care and that self-awareness of, because people don't even want to look into it, you know, like if you don't want to understand it, at least sort of like just go and Google, and see, you know, it's not yeah. hard, you know, like, um, and I've sent links to people and, you know, and it doesn't matter how much you sort of try to make people understand one of those things that unless you experience it yeah it's hard it's definitely as we say like every episode is definitely really beneficial to have a good support network around you those that do understand mental health and obviously that's the point that's what we're trying to do with the podcast trying to give those people the opportunity um to obviously share their story and obviously encourage them to talk talk up about their own mental health and get the help they need and obviously try and educate others as well that don't necessarily understand what mental health is especially because as it gets called the invisible illness because you've got no physical like a broken arm or something um Mm. or they don't witness what's happening to you and they don't understand it that they choose not to want to know about it and learn about it but the thing there is, Joe, it's quite interesting because they say, you know, we talk about mental illnesses that are invisible, um, but there's so much physical, like if you know enough about, you know, you can read the signs where someone, you can yeah. see that they're physically exhausted from whatever yeah. sort of mental might be. Um, and it shows up in your behaviour, you know, your behaviour, your mannerisms, all sorts of things, you know, and it changes so much about what you do and and that's where like you know you sort of get lost like I was saying before like working out who you are because you it's so it just deteriorates so much yeah of you you know and and things around you so it you're right like Joe like it's the support is so important um so important and that's been a massive help to me that I've got a, I'm very fortunate that I've got a good family um, and good support around me. And a sort of, I guess, um, more of an ability to, to go, okay, this situation isn't helping it. Yeah. 
so I'm going to remove myself. And a lot of people don't sort of understand that, that the environment that they're in can have a huge impact on the insomnia itself. This this is self-care you're talking about, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's really, really important. And amazing how many people don't factor in self-care, you know, even now. It always astounds me, really. Self-care is not what people don't do it, do they? For lots of different reasons, but it is so important. If we're not looking after ourselves, then how can we a you know a look after anybody else, or b expect anyone else to look after us? You know, you've got to look after yourself, haven't you? Mentally, physically, you know. And what you were saying about kind of mental health, you know, I mean, it's almost a cliche, you know. But someone walks, you know, some a friend walks into your house and they've got a broken leg, you know, and everyone says, "Oh, that must be so terrible. How on earth do you get?" You know, someone walks in and say they've been and say that you know they've they've been suffering from depression, and often people just don't really don't understand it or pull yourself together or come down to pub or it's completely different, isn't it? How people react often to mental health. It shouldn't be. It should be the same. It's frustrating. You know, it it frustrates me that people still don't understand. You know, mental health, physical physical health, they should should be viewed the same, shouldn't they? Really, for me. Absolutely. And I've even found that people that have had um, traumatic experiences in their life and have Mm. suffered some sort of depression or um, some sort of mental health, they sort of, I think the one thing that really um, that that I find with um, mental health is that the relevance of what happened to trigger whatever it was that, you know, is relevant only to that person. And I think other people sort of take it on board as if they've got a right to sort of determine um, the value of how significant the impact should be on your life. Yeah. Um, and I, in around the same time that I was diagnosed, I had PTSD as well, um, which we now know has been reclassified. But um, people, like, they they sort of like, and it, that's what brings you down as well, you know, because you're like, well, hang on, how does what you went through worse than what you don't, you don't know what's going in inside my body, in my head. So yeah. don't try to sort of tell me that it's irrelevant. And I think that's a really strong point in mental health is that if you don't want to believe it, at least just be human and kind. Um, and to that person, you know, I think that's the least that you can do, that, that we can do to help each other um, because there is so much ignorance, so yeah. much ignorance. Yeah. And um, and I think it's really sad, really sad. And like I was saying, particularly people that have been through something um, to sort of make you, like, devalue what you've been through yeah. um, because it's somehow not as, you know, traumatic or something, you know, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, it's it's just it's really it infuri- it's just really frustrating, really frustrating. Because you it's want a, people to yeah. understand, don't you? Yeah, I mean it's a real lack. I mean in terms of trauma, PTSD, you know, there's yeah, there's often a real lack of understanding. You know, trauma can be an, an, an enormous thing. You know, it can be a major event. It could be loss of little events. You know, it could be somebody could experience one thing. And, you know, and they could be traumatised. Somebody else could experience that and they wouldn't be traumatised. You know, trauma is, there's a whole spectrum of trauma. And I think it is true what you say. People, you know, people can devalue 
someone's trauma. Someone says, you know, this has really traumatized me and I've got PTSD symptoms. And someone thinks, well, how could you be traumatized over that? It really invalidates mm. people. And for me, I think, you know, I mean, I, you know, I hate to say this, but trauma is everywhere. In, in modern society, trauma is everywhere. You know, it, 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 yeah. So generally, like most of the time, generally the people that sort of have mental health issues or have had a traumatic experience and do devalue your experience, mm. um, they're suffering from some sort of um, mental health issue generally that they might not be aware of or they don't want to be aware of it. Um, and the other problem is, I think, is people don't really want to listen anymore. They sit there but they're not actually hearing what you're saying. And unless you're actually willing to sort of really listen to someone, um, then it's it goes back to what I said before, just I, I've just got to go, okay, not wasting my time because I don't have the energy. You've got, I've got so little energy, you know, I've got to reserve that for my, you know, I've got a seven-year-old son, so I've got to reserve. I'm a single mum. His father passed away, um, and so it's you know it's it's one thing after another, and I've really got to be careful of where I put my energy and where I put my thoughts. Yeah. And right now, you've just got to, you know, I want to help people, and I'm going to continue to do, always do that, um, but I'm not going to have to constantly think that I have to justify or defend myself and I think so many people with mental health issues especially in some of that you know that human um, need of wanting you know to be cared and loved for and you know all that sort of stuff um, makes you want to you know makes that sort of like defending yourself more of a but you don't have to yeah, yeah. but it's just you know Brian. Have we got any last questions you'd like to ask at all, Mark? Or? No, I mean, I just, just wanted to say, Sophie, thank you so much for coming on. You know, the, it's only something that's not talked about enough I think yeah, yeah. And, and like you say there are wider mental health issues you know Sonia is often not isolated I think it's going to help a lot of our listeners really yeah you know That's listening to you today so I really yeah. appreciate it it's a difficult thing to talk about isn't it I think yeah yeah it is I'm glad though um you know obviously I was nervous sort of like coming on um but I think that you know we have to we have to we just have to keep talking about it until there's some sort of flow on effect that works and that actually helps people yeah you know it might not help you sleep but if it helps you sort of like gain some sort of you know life back um then that's a benefit you know yeah well thank you totally. for joining us um I'm so appreciate it. nice to have someone come on and share their story and then something is definitely something that rarely gets spoken about and i thought obviously um, we had to reschedule the episode we did have planned for today, but I thought I'll walk, talk about it because it's a topic that's probably not talk, spoken about when people mention mental health and it is a mental health issue. Um, just mm. like to say a massive thank you to Sophie for joining us and sharing our story. Um, if you have anything you'd like, any links or anything you'd like us to share, um, just send me through by email and I'll share them on our socials like we do with every guest. Um, 
we are going to be covering trauma tomorrow um, with a lady called Anna Densham. Um, and also next week we will be hosting, uh, or we won't be hosting, our former host <laughs> Jordan will be hosting a Q&A episode with us where, to celebrate the end of season one. Um, so if you've got any questions, anyone um, listening, do send them through to us on so our social media or via email. If you have our contact, um, Lionstail at um, LionstailMultimedia at gmail.com. Um, I want to say thank you again to Mark for hosting, helping me host again. Um, and we'll see everyone for tomorrow's episode. Thank you again, Sophie. Okay, good Take to meet you, Sophie. Bye. You Take too. care. Thank you. If you or anyone you know has been affected by the topics discussed in today's episode or previous episodes, please contact your local or country's helpline. You will find them by going to Google and typing in helpline. Um, they have Samaritan's suicide helpline, but remember that you're not alone, as the title of the podcast says. Um, there are many other people like you that have got mental health issues and feel suicidal and feel alone, but there's always someone there for you to talk to, be it a friend, a family member, a stranger, a psychotherapist or a doctor. There's someone to talk to. I've been in that position before and talking to someone really does help. It's okay to not be okay. And I will see you in the next episode.